Hello everyone and welcome back to That's Lame, the equestrian podcast for horse girls from horse girls. Welcome back everyone. Hello guys, welcome back. Today is very exciting because we have our first guest of season two on. Hello. <laughs> this is Charlie McDowell or Charlotte McDowell and we're very excited to have her on, aren't we? Abs? Yeah, we're very excited. Thank you. Welcome, Charlie. Welcome. Hold the mic. Welcome to the podcast. So we wanted to get Charlie on and she she was being like the first person that I wanted to get on for such a long time because I think she's amazing. Because not only is she a medical student at Birmingham Uni, but she also does dressage to a very high level. She's been on junior young rider teams. She was the young rider national champion last year. And now she's training her own mare towards Grand Prix level and has like won Premier Leagues this year. And she also works part-time at Carl and Charlotte's, like in her holidays. So Whilst she's just, <laughs> yeah, she's just like next level, like superhero type. First off, Evie, what's been lame and sound in your week? Well, what's been lame is that I just haven't been able to ride properly all week. I've had a really bad riding week. Not Nothing to do with the horses. It's definitely a mindset thing. But I feel like, I don't know if anyone else has this, but sometimes when you ride, you feel like you can't sit properly or Mm. like you feel heavy or you just feel a bit clumsy. A bit uncomfortable. Yeah, like it's just not been going to plan. (laughs) So that hasn't been ideal, but I do think it is like a mindset thing because I've got obviously the regionals next week and I have sort of noticed a pattern where whenever I have like a show coming up, my training goes badly, but I don't think it actually is. I think it's because you put more pressure on yourself because you're like, no, it's got to be perfect because I'm competing next week. So that's been a bit of a mental struggle that I'm dealing with at the moment. But a sound is that we saw Barbie last night. Oh my night. god, oh yeah, that did. was very sad. We all went out and watched Barbie. Yeah. And there was like a quote about horses in it or something. Oh yeah, you remembered it. What was it? Um, it was what Ken said, wasn't it? Is that what you're thinking? Oh, I thought like, I lost interest in the patriarchy when I realised it wasn't about horses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, same. <laughs> that is iconic. <laughs> it was such a good film though. Like a real feel, good sort of really entertaining it took it had quite a deep ending I was yeah. quite like jarred by the ending but it was really entertaining and like the cinema was packed as well wasn't it and I was so pleased with how many people wore pink yeah <laughs> like I was wearing pink and I was like oh my god everyone got the memo I dressed so as fun. Ken I looked yeah. like Ken Charlie was going to see Oppenheimer <laughs> I completely missed the memo <laughs> like a leather jacket I mean she looked amazing but like Charlie what's been your lame sound I think my sound is that Obi and I can finally do a bit of passage it's nice. it's been well, I've had a five years, been five years in the making, okay. but I'm actually oh, oh, we can, we're doing a bit of bouncing now. Nice. So that was very exciting. Lame. I mean, I did get called, I did one of the demos at Carl's and he said, I know she looks 12, but she is 21 and, you know, <laughs> so a bit Carl, of a Carl humbling to, experience. Carl has just said you look like a 12 Yeah, okay. so I'm not sure how to take that. That was probably, yeah, that was quite lame. Yeah. I mean, he's right, to be fair. <laughs> I can't argue, I just don't like to be reminded. So yeah. What about you, Joanna? Yeah. Uh, my sound was that yesterday me and Charlie went out for a picnic lunch hack oh, that was that was also my sound that was very fun <laughs> we like took Sirocco and Louis the cob and we like galloped up the hills <laughs> and then we went up to this barn in the woods which does sound creepy in, in no context <laughs> they do these really good burgers and like pizzas and it was just really cute and then we let the horses graze and then we came back and Charlie was doing some tempi changes across the field. <laughs> and it was just like, it was like real like saddle club vibes. No, honestly, I felt like I was transported to another little world. Yeah. It was great. Great day. <laughs> it was really fun. And then lame. Um, I don't know. Ask me next week. I haven't got one. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a great week. 
It's because I came. <laughs> yeah, I haven't got a lame. Charlie's here. Everything's fine. <laughs> So to kickstart the episode, in the past we've had numerous listeners send in dilemmas surrounding how to balance uni with horses. And that's one of the main reasons why we got you on, Charlie, because obviously your degree is really intense and we just want to know how do you manage to balance that with an equally intense sort of professional dressage career? I guess it's hard because everyone's situation is so unique. But with me, I mean, first of all, I chose to go to Birmingham Uni because it's an hour from my house. So priorities were quite (laughs) strong from the start. It's like, I'm going to keep riding and I'm going to go to uni. So that instantly makes it so much easier. I'd say the main thing I do is have like quite a strict routine. And I'm lucky that I have my horse on livery. So I don't have to, you know, be getting back to muck out and everything. Okay, so what does your weekly schedule look like? Like run us through a regular week. Okay, so the first two years of medicine are quite preclinical. So you have, it's just been lectures so far. So I've have lectures Monday to Friday, pretty much nine to five, but we have Wednesday afternoons off. So what I did was I'll go into uni Monday, Tuesday, come home Wednesday afternoon, ride Wednesday afternoon, first thing Thursday morning. So literally sometimes be riding at five o'clock, then drive to my lecture for 9am, then stay at uni Thursday, Friday and come back Friday, do the weekend riding and then do the same thing over again. Okay. So it's quite intense, but it weirdly doesn't feel that bad when you're doing it. And then, so presumably you ride your horse four times a week. Yeah. And then on those other days, does someone else lunge or hack or...? So I think normally I'd school properly twice a week, so I'd have a lesson normally on Wednesday afternoon, and then maybe the then Thursday morning we just have a little stretch, and then Saturday and Sunday where I've got a bit more time, I'll ride. And then in between, she probably have one or two days completely off. And then if Zoe can lunch her, Zoe's the lady that owns the yard where I keep her. So then she'll lunch her one day. She doesn't really need to be ridden more than four times, so it works quite well. Oh, OK, that's good. Yeah, because I suppose if you have, I think we had one dilemma in the listener. She had a young horse and she found it a bit harder because she needed to work the young horse more. Yeah. Whereas your horse is more working towards like the higher levels so you yeah. can slightly pick her up and put her down a little bit more yeah exactly and I think there's just so many things that go into I feel like balancing it all but first year was a bit chaotic like I, I did not have the balance there at all <laughs> I was trying to do my one another one uni the social life and it just you can't do it all whereas now I feel if you have two priorities then you can kind of flip in between which one is the main one at that time so obviously I have horses and uni so when it's exam season I'm not stressing about whether my pirouettes are great whether I'm on the bit I'm just doing the riding for fun going on a lot of hacks if I have the energy to one day properly school then great but when it's not exam season I'm like right do bare minimum <laughs> uni work <laughs> ponies all the way have all my lessons fit in a few shows so that's what I did in second year and it really worked well because then I'd have sort of till Christmas quite chill with the horses but just keeping her ticking over and then over Christmas packing loads of shows and then again you know regionals was winter regionals would be beginning of the year do those then have a bit of a break doing exams sort of May till I don't know when they finish they seem to go on forever this year (laughs) and then as soon as my exams finish in June this year I could just I've just been riding all summer and that's the good thing with uni is you do have quite long holidays that makes up for the intensity when you're there and circling back to sort of balancing social life do you find that during the academic year you basically there's not much social life at all and or 
you know, because you were yeah. saying about the two priorities riding <laughs> yeah, and yeah, yeah. sort of exams, like how I do think you... the social life I have is like a third extra priority, but I probably when I'm at uni and not focusing on the riding as much, I can then do a bit more, like see my friends and everything. But I feel like with horses you do have your really close friends that do it together. So when I go home, like, I'm seeing everyone at the yard and they're my sort of close friends. So I I don't feel like I lack, like, I'm just on my own the whole time. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't go out clubbing every night. (laughs) I don't think you'd be able to do it. But there are, you know, there's certain events or birthdays, then I'll just mark that in the diary and keep that free and maybe just be like, that's fine if I don't ride over for a day. Okay. Do you find that the people around you in your life, like your friends and family and your people on the yard, are they accommodating do they like understand your life and your commitments? Because mm. that must play a big part. Because if you have people that are like, "Oh, why can't she be here?" Yeah, that could make it hard. Yeah, especially it? all uni friends that might yeah. not be horsey because they might be thinking, "Oh, she's never here." Yeah, I think probably. I mean, everyone obviously at home gets it, and they're really. I'm so lucky to have you know my parents are super helpful. Zoe and everyone at the livery yard's really good, and that they get that I can't always be doing Obi, and sometimes I have to rush off and everything like that. So that side of things really supportive I think at uni at the start it was quite hard it's it's a niche sport anyway so I feel like if you said you were going off to do athletics everyone's like oh yeah okay have fun when you're saying you're doing dress up I was like what (laughs) what are you doing (laughs) and I literally remember in halls saying to the people oh yeah I've got to go and ride my horse and they're like what why why don't you just have the horse in Birmingham (laughs) (laughs) in the back garden (laughs) or like what I get a lot is, why don't you just do the riding for the uni team? Oh, <laughs> it's not really the same. It's not really it? the same. But obviously when you say it, because if you think every other sport, you pretty much could just do it at uni, probably to a higher level than you could at a club outside of uni. And I find that hard because you can explain it, but they just, people that just don't get it, don't mm. know the horses. But I think my closer friends now, so I've been there longer, they all are really supportive. And they're like, oh yeah, have fun. See mm. you in a few days. I mean, it is a running joke that I am never at the house. Yeah. And, like, do you go to uni? I'm not, I'm not so sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, on the whole, like, I'm really lucky. And I think anyone that's not supportive or does you feel like is make you feel bad, you just Cut don't hang around. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> So just to circle back to what you said about how you found first year almost particularly difficult because of the change and Mm. the first time experiencing having to juggle it all, what advice would you have for horse girls starting uni, essentially? Like any top tips? (laughs) I think it is really hard to prepare for it and to actually living it. You said something like that yesterday. I mean, I tried to think, oh, I'm going to ride on these days. I'm going to plan it like this and then when you actually start you realize you know uni itself starting uni is hard enough let alone trying to fit in a horse but I think for me it's definitely helped having good people at home to help you and you know I'm really lucky to have that I'm not saying that's an easy thing to get but having people that are going to help you out understand that why you're going to uni and that you're still dedicated to your horse but you just need to do something else too so having that sort of support system at home is that's the only way it works really for me yeah but I think other things you can do is just you know I'm super organized with my weeks like I plan everything to a T and haven't you got like a really cool planner and you like write everything down yeah, I am a I bit of that that. Yours, but <laughs> yeah but that must be so helpful yeah and because you've got to because you're fitting in so much and then also it just means you don't have the stress of being like oh I've got to get home ride come back and then you can fit in times when you're doing you know I'm gonna be riding from this time to this time and then I'm gonna be doing work at home because to be honest I go home on a Wednesday evening and then 
I do actually do a lot of work at home so I'm not distracted by my housemates having a chat, you know, making endless cups of teas before we actually get to doing any work. So yeah, it's a generic one, but planning and being organising, that saved my life. (laughs) Would you say that you're quite strict with yourself in keeping to a schedule? I think I am with the big things. I'm quite bad at, you know, starting work and, you know, if I've got a load of little jobs to do that will take no time, I'll just put them off. But literally riding and everything like that. If I say I'm going to come home at when this time on a Wednesday, then I will. But again, first year, it took me the first year to learn that because I literally be texting Charlotte for less than the day before. And she'd be like, no, <laughs> I can't teach you now. And I'm like, sorry, I just, I'm too disorganised. Whereas now I'm like, right, Sunday, work out what I'm doing. And it's, you know, it takes all of half an hour to plan and then that's me sort of for the week and then I don't have to think about it again. So a bit of like trial and error, actually just yeah. experiencing it to figure out what what's sort of going system. on. Yeah, exactly. And I think, so I do have to drive like an hour from uni to get home. So it does take quite a lot of time. But I think it also works. Some of my friends that have horses and go to uni, you know, they can find a garden near to the uni. That can work too. Because then like if I go home to ride, like I do generally stay the night at home, then ride again and come back. Whereas if you had a yard nearby and you might, there's quite a few unis that are in locations with dressage people or whatever discipline you do, that can work too because then you don't have to have that night away. You can just pop and ride your horse. It's like so many people, obviously I live in Hartbury, go to Hartbury College and that's just ideal because they can just do the horse at the uni. And do you ever get burnt out like how do you factor in rest and sort of breaks I'm not <laughs> yeah well I was about to say because you're so jam-packed and even though you then have like a holiday after exams yeah you're then riding sort of yeah. full time essentially so <laughs> do you ever sort of have days where you're just like gosh I can't I can't do this today or I just can't do it today like struggling yeah. to sort of maintain that motivation because you're just a bit yeah. burnt out I think I'm quite good that when I can feel myself getting tired, I'm like, right, we need to have something needs to give here. So I'll either just think, you know, I'm having a day off doing any uni work, which is yeah, normally the route I go down. <laughs> or, you know, you have your friends, just your comfort friends that you can go to. You don't need a social battery. I'll be like, right, let's just go for dinner or something just to have a break from everything. But in a weird way, I find I get less burnt out now having uni and riding than I probably did because I had my gap year where I was sort of doing a year and a half with covid and everything it was quite a long time and when i was thinking about riding the whole time i almost felt like that was more stressful for me than now because i have the uni that keeps me quite grounded i then really enjoy getting to go and do my horse and it's all for fun and then i actually end up doing better anyway So, Charlie, what made you want to pursue a career outside of horses? Bearing in mind, Charlie literally rides so well. It's like, it's just, I'm like, oh my God, I wonder what she ride all the time. <laughs> I think it's probably a combination of things. Like, I always liked school and I just always wanted to go to uni and that was on the path I was on. I think, obviously, my parents, doctor and a dentist, so it was... Right. <laughs> you were destined. Yeah, <laughs> you are after uni. But, it, you know, it was my decision I wanted to go. I, I understand that people do horses for so many reasons, but I think where I'm a bit to a problem at times, like a perfectionist, if I was going to do horses, it'd be like, I'm doing horses to go to the Olympics. And that was never really me. Like, I'd say, yeah, I mean, I'm doing horses, so obviously I want to be the best. But... I think the competitive side of it I love and I do it to show myself that I've trained and I've improved the horse. Yeah, well, everyone gets fulfilment in different ways. Yeah, different fulfilment. And I feel like I wanted to do something that was separate to it, that was me giving back to the community or anything. Obviously, being a doctor is a massive part of that. And then the dressage then is me, sort of my perfectionist 
sports side coming out and being able to focus on something because I just love having goals and I've actually found I probably enjoy competing the most now because it's purely for myself I, I mean I don't do many competitions anymore I think I've done about six this year yeah but you've done well and like, but because I'm able to actually focus on them it means it's way more enjoyable to me now I mean I saw on a lot of the responses to your story like how is she going to balance a 13 hour shift and I am fully aware I've done two preclinical years of medicine <laughs> so this is the easiest part I mean third year I'm going into hospital so from August and it'll be a bit harder but I think fourth and fifth years when I'm probably going to get a bit of a reality check and I can't keep having my little lessons with Charlotte in the week and then you know training and everything and it'll be a bit harder but at the moment it's working doing both and then I think it'll just be a bit more of medicine for a while until I'm qualified and everything and then hopefully when I've got my career sorted I can yeah. do both again but yeah that's sort of why I just like the balance in my life. Yeah because I think it's a big decision that a lot of people <laughs> find themselves in so it is interesting discussing the difference between those who've decided to pursue horses and those who have just wanted to sort of do it on mm-hmm. the side. I think finance often has a huge element in it as well because obviously there's not very much money in horses. That is mm. a big part of it. If, I'm, if I was if I was going to do horses, I probably can. I'd have to be you know working with horses. That doesn't mean I would be able to afford my own yeah, nice exactly. horse. Which I think I may have slightly screwed up doing medicine because I'm not <laughs> sure whether it's going to be so easy to carry on affording horses doing that. I think that's something the other day you get paid more working at Pratt yes. than a junior doctor. But no way. Yeah, I know. Because loads of people, the- I saw a TikTok where someone moved to Australia to work in an ice cream shop and she was like I earn more doing this and have such a happier life than mm. I did being an NHS nurse it is in England yeah there's oh a lot of strikes going on in the mo- at the moment and I think I may be living in a bit of ignorance and thinking, oh hopefully it will be sorted by the time I'm qualified <laughs> three years <laughs> but you know uh, I think that's obviously the first few years of being a junior doctor very tough and I'm not pretending like I'm gonna it's gonna be as easy then as it is now because at the moment it's just I can miss the the old lecture if I need to it's fine I want like an actual career and then I want the horses on the side whether that can continues when I actually get to the career part will be another question I'll probably be like hi Joanna can I have a job at Teva please (laughs) (laughs) I think it's important as well having realistic goals too because even if you have the ability to go to the Olympics the sport is so tough and so brutal Mm. that like it's so narrow like the amount of people that get to that level so if that is like Mm. your ultimate goal I think it's almost healthier that you've been like I'd want to do it at this but the chances are you know so decide to do something I think that's a lot healthier than I think a lot of people that is their only goal and they continue a career with horses and then they they sort of live with this disappointment because they're not achieving it yeah. yeah so then they feel like they're not being fulfilled exactly but actually that goal is it's so tough and it doesn't matter if you're the most talented rider sometimes it just doesn't happen when I had my gap year I did I was like I'm not going to uni I'm doing horses I'm working at cars obviously I'm going to carry on doing this and I'm but I sort of sat down and I think the amount of people who I was thinking oh I'd want their life that's what I would be going for is so few and far between with horses it's you know it's hard I think I would struggle doing this day in day out with nothing else going on in my life because i become i become obsessed i'd be like my pirouettes weren't good today yeah, what am yeah. i going to do so that did, for um, me that was what was better did you find though growing up because i slightly found this that people were very judgmental if because you did 
Ponies Juniors Young Riders. Mm -hmm. If you weren't fully committed, other people would be like, oh, well, my my daughter's really committed. You know, she wants mm. to go to the Olympics, so she's obviously better than you. Yeah. That type, you know, people judging. I mean, honestly, like, not really. But then, because I've just always been like, I'm going to uni, and I have definitely had comments where I've been like, you know, I'm not sure whether this is for me or whether I do want to have a career and do horses on the side. And people be like, oh, well, I've just always known I wanted to go to the Olympics. And I think... <laughs> it, it's such an easy thing to say they're normally the people that can have the endless horses funded for them to go to the olympics and that's great mm-hmm. like you're never i'm never gonna diss someone for having that but i think what i find upsetting is when they don't have the picture of oh, not everyone is in my situation so maybe yeah. for them being at the top isn't quite as straight a road and obviously i've had you know i've been really lucky with the horses i've had now i'm not saying i haven't but big lines is it yeah do you think if you didn't work at carl's during your gap year do you think you'd still maybe working with horses now like do you think actually being in the industry for that year helped you make the decision between having a career outside of horses or did you did you see what I mean yeah I think honestly I would be really struggling if I hadn't worked that year at Carl's because I learned so much and I think I was as much as I say I want to have horses on the side of my career I, I couldn't you know having a little hacking pony to you know I want to be good if I'm going to keep doing horses if I feel like I can't do a decent level then I'm probably going to struggle doing it so I think going to cars learning all that in the year that I did and then having them as support now is what probably made me think I can I can do both I don't think it necessarily if anything being there made me want to do horses full-time because obviously you see it's such an amazing yard and such an amazing people coming out of it you're like oh that could be me. <laughs> so I think it probably had the adverse effect. My mum was probably thinking, oh no, she's, she's not going to leave. <laughs> she was hoping I'd put you off all the mucking out. <laughs> even the mucking out, even the muck skip, shoveling the muck yeah. skip, I'd be like, oh, that's fine. <laughs> Just circling back to balancing union horses, do you ever feel guilt about not seeing your horse? See, I'm very lucky that I do have a a little group chat with my parents and they send me pictures of Obi like the whole time <laughs> so I don't ever feel like I'm not really that. but obviously when I'm at uni there's a normal week when I was saying I come back two nights a week anyway I find that okay because I'm seeing her like four days when it was exam season the second year exams the one's just gone that was like the most intense exams I've ever done in my life so I was having to actually stay at uni for a week which for me is unheard of you know not coming home in a week and I did find that tough because I was like oh no now I really am a med student with not doing the riding. And how do you fit a competition schedule in around uni and the horses because obviously the competition and the level that you ride at mm. it's not like you can just pop down the road to like a local show yeah, yeah, that's yeah. happening at the weekend yeah. you know there's only what like seven premier leagues in a year yeah. and two national championships. Well I feel like this is quite a good example of how to do it and how not to do it so first year I tried to get on the young rider team on one horse have my horse did shows all the time any show that the selectors off you know how it works the selectors say you have to do this show you go I remember I had an exam on the Friday then had the final selection trial on the Saturday or the Sunday so drove up to Summerford then had an exam on the Monday and then shockingly none of them went great (laughs) burnt out at the end of my exams and thought oh this this isn't gonna work so this year I've been very much I did the nationals before I started uni and then 
I don't think I did a show. Or maybe I did the first years at uni, we've had sort of reading weeks. I don't know if you had that yeah. one. Yeah. And um, you aren't supposed to go doing dressage competitions, but obviously I did. Um, so I did one show between October and Christmas. And then over Christmas, I had to study for my January exams. But as soon as the January ones were over, I did a show at Hartbury and then had the regionals in February, then just did some practice shows. And then I had one goal of doing Addington Premier League. I think that was end of April, I want to say. And that was before I really needed to knuckle down and do my summer exam. So it's not, you know, compared to my friends that are doing Young Riders and the proper shows, like it's not as packed at all. But for me, you know, having the one goal of Addington Premier League, I could really prepare for it. It went really well. And that was me quite happy. And then as soon as the exams were done... I've done like Hartbury Premier League, got the regionals. And then the only annoying thing is, as I start at the end of August this year, which is before the nationals. So because oh, yeah. I've qualified for the PSG at the nationals, I'm like, well, I'm going to have to ask for a day off the hospital. It's not like the lectures before where I could, they're not compulsory. So well, ask me next year. I'll probably be like, yeah, no, it's not working, guys. <laughs> I actually have to show up. <laughs> but hopefully it'll be okay. And I'm going into Worcester Hospital and they're all really lovely. And I think they want medical students to have a balance because they don't want you getting burnt out just as much as us so obviously I'm not going to miss more than the days I need to yeah and even though you're sort of the minority and not many people obviously have the ability to do Mm -hmm. a medical degree there are still doctors that ride and I think I saw someone who went around badminton who was a doctor and they just do it on the side so it is like possible yeah it is possible and I think when I was in Juiceland years ago now, I met this late, there was a couple, but the lady was a dentist and she had her little dental clinic at home and then was a rider. And I remember thinking that, I was like, that is the life I want. That sounds ideal. And I was saying to you, Joanna, yesterday that I don't know what type of, you know, doctor I want to specialise in, but I think something that I could have a similar situation to that, because I am quite interested in psychiatry and having sort of clinic at home. That's the end goal. It's just obviously with medicine, there's so many years to get to that point. I think mm. that's what's going to be tough. For me, That when I sat down, I said, like, what sort of life am I aiming for here? That's, for some reason, is what I want rather than the horses day in, day out. The best of both worlds, yeah. as Hannah Montana would say. <laughs> I know, God, I am literally thinking, I'm like, gosh, this is Hannah Montana, like, <laughs> sitting opposite us. putting her wig on. <laughs> yeah. Like, getting on the horse. <laughs> So have you got any funny stories relating to horses and uni? Yes. <laughs> and I've used this story quite a lot. So I started uni in first year and was like, right, so obviously I'm going to try out for the riding team, you know, see if I can meet people that like horses too. Um, went along to the trial. It was somewhere in the outskirts of Birmingham. It was a funny, you know, little yard, probably more so because I'm coming from the dressage yard, which we're a bit spoiled. I thought, oh, that's fine. You know, this will be fun. We had to send in our height and weight so they could allocate the horses and obviously because I'm small they put me on this little tiny coloured cob called Keith (laughs) (laughs) and I sort of saw Keith oh okay this is different and then I did feel like a bit of a mug in my you know shiny cap hat and black boots and I thought no why didn't you like ask someone for their crash cap or something so already sticking out like a sore thumb and then we go in there's a little warm up area And it's literally, I can't even describe, you know, when the surfaces, you can see the curves. It's like rolling hills, basically. Like you have seven minutes and they're very strict about seven minutes and you can warm up. 
and instead of thinking oh I need to practice jumping because you said you do the trials yeah, yeah I've done you, you, you had to do like a course of jumps and then a dressage test yeah. I can't remember which way around instead of practicing the jump I got so obsessed with trying to get Keith on the bit <laughs> <laughs> I spent all seven minutes trying to get him round doing canter transitions none of which was working went and did my dressage test thought I did a pretty good job you know got all the transitions in the right place and then went to do the jumping and the girl said oh I, I know you're a dressage rider so don't worry like if you mess up in the jumping and I said you know I did used to event you know I was quite good in my day so I went around jump because she said he stopped someone had ridden him the week before and he just didn't jump a single thing so I'm thinking oh no oh, like, I'm really gonna look like a mug here got him round you know had one pole but I thought that was quite good going in the meantime the girl that I'd met driven there with she'd been warming up fallen off oh. you know horse almost on top of her and I'm thinking there is no one you know this, this is actually quite dangerous and you know you're thinking I wish someone was here I'm gonna go back and tell Zoe and everyone at the yard and they're not gonna believe me but also thank god no one was there because I did look quite funny also like you've ridden Vallegro haven't you <laughs> and then you're just riding this little cop called Keith in Birmingham that must have been so is, weird it's just so humbling because you're like you know what it is the horse you're sat on because I probably do look awful right now Keith had like the biggest shock of his life he's probably still traumatised from those seven minutes I mean, I'm you. still quite traumatised because the list came out I was a B team reserve so you've been saying how good no, I am at riding. Clearly not that great. No, but that's what they're like at uni, though. I had the same. I had the exact same thing. I was in the really? same team. Yeah. yeah, and I sort of thought, what, what's, what's going on? But it was like where I rode for uni, the selectors, like you know, the chairs yeah. who run the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. They put themselves in a team, but yeah. they had like never competed it or was, ridden. It's really. It is definitely very cliquey. But I mean, it's it was just it's it was just more, so not, I found it embarrassing. It's so not regulated like, as well because <laughs> it's, it's so da- it's, it is so dangerous. Cause <laughs> also, they're not you know they obviously the girls understand riding and everything, but not really. So then they just think it's yeah. all funny you know they treat it as though it is like a hockey trial but it you know you can't just get on random horses and expect but it's just like a group of like young kids just like turning yeah. up it's really weird it was like, there's no it was the strangest really, like, i know you're adult, we're adults now but i don't know you don't feel no, like one. i didn't i didn't enjoy it and then the funniest part was i was a b-team reserve and they asked <laughs> me to pay 300 pounds <laughs> For and what? I was thinking for Keith. <laughs> no, you're like for the you competition should be paying fees, me three hundred pounds. Just called Keith fees for nothing. You're welcome. Yeah. I didn't, you know. So that's I, a lot. I, it's it? a lot, and I was like, I'm not going to any competitions. I'm not even on the B yeah. team. I'm res- reserve. So I do regret this. I did send quite a stinking email, being like, unfortunately. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm too busy in the demos for Carl to commit to my role as a big team reserve. And I, you know, they they do now have the right to think I'm a stuck up, you know, whatever. But it was just in the heat of the moment. I I don't mean it. No, it's a really like <laughs> secretly she does mean it. It's a really peculiar. I remember when I went, they used to put our names in a hat. Mm-hmm. And you'd get randomly allocated a horse. And I don't know if you had this, but you get you watch them be ridden round no, first. Oh, so we'd go to a riding school. This, yeah. was, this was like the competitions. Right. We'd go oh, to a I riding school where the uni trains. Right. And I'm using inverted commas now. Yeah. No, I and do know what you mean. So they show the horses for you. And then it's randomly allocated what you get. And I got randomly allocated this horse with one eye that like bucked off its rider during the demo. And I was like, oh, wow, I can't wait. I'm really looking forward to that. It's just really, it was, really strange. I mean, I guess I'm glad I did it, but it, mm, yeah, it was an interesting experience. But poor Haunting. Keith, I hope he's, hope he's doing well. He's not. 
He's still <laughs> probably doing a lot better than he's he would at show rock shop every week. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, come on, Keith, let's do some massage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> probably still be, probably still thinks about it to this day. Poor, poor little thing. <laughs> So, Charlie, I really want to hear more about how you got into Carl's and what it's like on arguably the most famous dressage yard in the world. But we're going to have to wait till next week to ask you that. <laughs> so thank you guys so much for listening to this episode, which was mainly about uni, with our lovely guest, Charlie McDowell. And keep your ears open for next week when... <laughs> more of me waffling <laughs> more of Charlie <laughs> thank okay. you for having me <laughs> okay guys love you bye, bye. bye.